Hey everybody, this is Framley. I'm excited to just jam with Les Bush here. We're going to be talking about how we've been thinking about how to set goals for product-led in future because 2021 is coming up. And, you know, this is one of the things that's top of mind for us. How's it going, Wes? Things are going good. I'm really excited <laughs> about this topic because I don't know about you, like I can nerd out about planning all day long. <laughs> I can tell. I really can tell, man. Like, this is your job. Like, I really love how, you know, we've been setting up our goals for 2021. Like, you've, you're actually like leading, the, well, obviously, you're the CEO. You're, le- you're leading this goal setting stuff, right? But I just wanted to share, like, what we've been doing. So, yeah, what have we been doing? Yeah. I mean, like, we've been doing a lot of it together. Uh, yeah. We've like been brainstorming around some of these things of like what does a successful 2021 really look like? I think that's where you could start though. So whenever we were thinking like how to structure this episode, we kind of took a step back and be like, well, how did we actually do it this year? So maybe we can, by going through this, help you understand like, here's a way of going about it. There's obviously when it comes to planning, there's a million billion ways mm. to do this, <laughs> but this is at least how we structured it. And at the ends of like, this has been over about like a month long process. It hasn't been like a full-time focus for sure, but it feels like it's it's really crystallizing and we're, we're getting much closer to what that plan looks like. So the first thing I'd really recommend as far as like the annual focus goes is really just try and identify like, what does success look like for this next year? Mm. Are you just caring about like revenue growth and that mm. uh, is your main focus or is it something else? Like is your quality of like customer satisfaction really low? Is there something else uh, you might need to work on as far as fixing that leaky bucket for the business? And so um, that's where I'd like to start. It's a simple question, but it just yeah. gets it going, gets the juices flowing around. What should we focus on for this next year? And then I know you were mentioning, Ramley, just like some pieces around, well, like looking back, like, well, what was good about 2020? What were your biggest blunders? Uh, Where (laughs) did you uh, really succeed? And we've actually kind of baked this into the process for like all our bigger initiatives is we always do a post-mortem around like what does like for our summits or even for our live programs like what did we do well what did we really not do well and need obviously improving for the next version of it and going from there and so is there any kind of pieces you wanted to add to that only around 2020 review yeah i think that a big piece is you know we you go through 2020 and just figuring out like you said what went well but like that kind of crystallizes and kind of bubbles up for you what really you're good at what are your strengths like you know if you did really well at this particular thing whether that's a particular part of your business like there's something about that piece that went well that you need to figure out because like you know if if that's part of your 2021 success is to replicate that success you got to figure out how and why that that success happened for that particular piece and yeah i think that that leads directly to figuring out People call it squat. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're also your strength. Now we're going to weaknesses, right? Like what, for the things that didn't go well, like, is there something like a blind spot that, that you have that didn't, that you missed out or is particular part of you and also your organization are the key people that you're missing that, that you need to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the opportunities and threats, which are more like macro level where 
what are things around your industry that could totally destroy you, (laughs) but also could also, you know, multiply like a multiplier effect where you ride this wave and it would really succeed. And we did that together with Gretchen, our head of operations. It was just, for me, it was so eye-opening just to crystallize for us. And this is what we need to be doing because like there's this threat here that we need to defend against or there's this opportunity that we need to tap into that we didn't really think about before. Yeah. And like, if you haven't done like a SWOT analysis with your team before, it's really simple. The way we structured it, I think if I was to do it again, I'd probably do an hour for this, but we did 30 (laughs) minutes and we basically had five minutes to write as many things for like each of our strengths, weaknesses, threats, and opportunities. And then the last 10 minutes was really just kind of going through each of those and finding like, hey, where's the commonalities? If we were to pick like the top two strengths or top two opportunities, Mm. what are those? Because what happens is when you get everyone in that same virtual room, like you start actually sometimes saying a lot of the same things in different words. And so it's just a matter of like putting it together. And then what is the end result is actually really interesting. And sometimes you forget what those strengths are for your business. I know for us, uh, one of the things that kind of caught me off guard was like, of course it's this, um, but it, it didn't quite come up to me right away. And so we did this activity was just like, mm. one of our strengths as a business is creating strong, original content. And mm. so looking into 2021, how could we like really double down on that? And I know for a fact, that's exactly what we're going to deliver on in 2021 is really strong original content. And Ranley, I know you got a surprise around that. Uh, I don't know if you've mentioned it to the audience yet, but uh, you're going to let them know in on your little secret. <laughs> well, are you talking about <laughs> the book? Like, yeah, I think I've already mentioned it. Is that what you thought you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's, yeah, the book is one of them. There's a ton of other surprises. I'm, yeah, Wes and I were putting together this book about onboarding and yeah, it's exciting. By the time of this recording, I should be signing five eighty percent done. So that's one of the things we're we're pushing out. Talking about creative content, I I love doing. We're just geeking out on videos about filming, and yeah, it's something that we want to do more is more filming. But I really love how you put it there. That you know you got to double down. I think you when you have a strength. I think one of the dangers that people might have is you know you got strengths and weaknesses and Sometimes people are like, oh, I got to fix my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But if you're Michael Jordan and you know you shoot fadeaways really well, keep shooting fadeaways. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. If you know you're LeBron James <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to smash that dunk, right? Like, why go for threes if you know you're good at like jumping over people? Like, that, just, yeah, that's how we, there's always somebody going to be on your team that can shoot threes. I don't know if people are following along with the basketball <laughs> technology, but my point is like, if you're good, if your organization is good at something, right, you're right. Like that's double down. Like the danger is that we spread ourselves too thin. And that's one thing that you and I talk about a lot is like, are we doing too much? Are we like uh, spreading ourselves too thin? Because like if that happens, then you might lose your edge on that strength. So mm-hmm. definitely we're doubling down on what we're good at. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it is truly when I think of our business too, one of the things that differentiate us, us, because it's like, there's a ton of competitors now that are popping up 
And they're just like, for their content, it's a lot of it is, feels like it's not that, there's not much depth there. And so I really do see like focusing on that quality, leveling up that piece, that's gonna be huge. And so the end result of obviously the SWOT, you get to a bit more understanding around like, hey, what is your business good at? What are you not good at? What should you be really thinking about as far as like threats and everything else? But what that allows you to do is really just obviously get like a nice audit on your business. And really what I've found has been helpful is it can help you paint a theme for the next year. Because when you look at like what you're good at, what you're not good at, something might come out there that says, you should really focus on this. Like Granley was mentioning, double down on it. So that's actually our theme for this next year is focus on the core. Because given the, the nature of product growth and how quickly everything is going, our business has tons and tons of opportunities, which sounds great until you realize that opportunity-itis is a thing. If you take on a bunch of everything, you are not going to become great at everything. It's just not how it works. You become mediocre at everything. And so we really are going to be strategically saying no to a lot of things and focusing on our core as a business. And so that's really important um, to have a theme. I know even in my personal life, I try and have a theme every single year. I know two years ago, uh, what kind of led me really to focusing on product that growth actually was my theme was energy. And mm. I would just monitor, okay, like what activities, what things, what people, what foods, like give me energy and what really just doesn't. And just by having that conscious note of like, hey, this stuff I really am leaning towards, I get excited when I talk about this particular topic or something else, you create that life and business that you really do enjoy. And so it's a nice filter if you have one for your business and life if you apply this. Um, because to me, <laughs> there's a lot of overlap uh, between the two. And so once you get the theme down, this can help you really identify like what is the main moat you want to build in your business. So in a content intensive business like productlet.com, when you're thinking about that, well, a big part of that is one is you got to have a very strong customer acquisition model, which mm. we have done to a certain degree, but is there obviously room for improvement? Of course. And then the second part of that mode is what we were talking about around building that original content. Like you think of Netflix, you think of Disney Plus. Yes, they have tons and tons of licensing agreements for all that content. But what's really starting to drive growth for a lot of these companies is, well, their original content, it's only found there. And so we're going to be really leaning into creating a lot of this incredible original content that uh, you can access as you level up your product-led business. And so I think the, the moat and the theme and the SWAT, what you're going to mm. do there is like you get a lot of interesting high-level perspective of, of like what change you want to get. But where I found this piece gets interesting as well, what are you going to do like this next mm. year? <laughs> what is <Yeah>. realistic <laughs> for you to actually do? And so we started doing OKRs this year. And so what was interesting is, well, I made a couple of 
problems, <laughs> not problems, but <laughs> I didn't quite roll it out successfully the first time. And maybe I'll, I'll touch on that. And then Bramley, you can jump into the key results and <laughs> that component too. But yeah, the first time I created like way too many objectives, I was like, there's an objective for this, an objective for that. And then I started looking at it again and I realized, wait a minute, all of this is, it could be tied up in one objective. And the, the mm. reason you, I love OKRs is your objective can be something that you can keep for years on end. So the one we chose is we really want to become the number one place where you can learn how to build a product-led business. Everything, whether it's mm. website traffic, it is the number of courses we have or anything, it all contributes to that objective. And so what's awesome about that is now I have one main objective and then everything else, the key results, all contribute to that. And so did you want to go through just kind of how you thought about the, the OKR process so far, Emily? <laughs> Feel free to be honest and open. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, I think you're I think you're totally right. We had a lot of objectives and just tying into, you know, a few big ones and tying it all to that helps make it more achievable in that sense. And really like just I think you know just thinking about like how you it's almost like a magnifying glass. Like you, you, we can do like a scatter shot approach and, you know, shoot a shotgun. Hopefully it hits. <laughs> or the analogy that, that we can have is like we have this core objectives now. Let's approach it more like a, a sniper rifle. And that sounds like a violent analogy, but I'm really trying to focus on this is the magnification. And you talked about en- energy earlier. Like energy, I think, is such a big thing for organizations as well. Where you know, you do have limited resources, like maybe, you know, like maybe you are Tesla or something where you have billions of dollars of market cap. But even then, like there is that limit and with, you know, core objectives. Now you can really focus your your investments, your resources. It also aligns. It kind of dictates who you're going to hire. Like what are your gaps in terms of like, how do you get to that to achieve that core objective? So I think, you know, we're on the right path there. Yeah. And like what I, another piece about the OKRs and how you could roll it out, obviously there's a ton of different ways you can do it, but the main objective, like that thing doesn't change for a long time, hopefully kind of like the values of your business, but then the key results, those can change on a lot of different areas. So we set annual OKRs. We can definitely break these down into quarterly too. But what was super interesting is we had about five main key results we wanted to have as a business. But the next piece to take it a step further is really just find who's the key owner for that. And what I love about this is, well, whoever is key owner of that is responsible, obviously, for making sure that that key result gets hit. It's very objective. It's like, did he do it? Did he not? And it gives that person a ton of autonomy around like, well, how do you want to do it? And really get to that specific result. And on the flip side, when you're going through that and figuring out who's the key owner for each of these, you'll probably realize hey, wait a minute, there's a gap or two. And that's probably your next key hire around if you want this specific outcome, you definitely have to have the resources around to make it a reality. So that way you're not just dreaming up like a dream business of like, hey, we want to have all these other kind of outcomes. But yeah, there's specific steps to get there. And so it is a clarifying process. And so That's one thing we're really happy we did is go through that OKR process. 
But the end result of that is you're probably going to realize one, yes, there's hiring gaps because you need key owners to focus on these key results and hit them. But there's also going to be different things. You're going to look at like, well, there's maybe where we need a bunch more lead. We need a bunch Mm -hmm. more users signing up for our free trial and different pieces. So it'll be really interesting for you to look at the next phase of that is, well, what do you have to change in your customer acquisition model? Is there a specific channel you're going to have to double down on? Um, What could you do to double your organic traffic or different pieces of that so that you can hit some of those key results? Because at the end of the day, if you're looking at like growth as let's say that's your main objective, um, you're going to need a lot more of what you (laughs) currently have as far as your acquisition goes. And so all in all, I found like going through uh, that process has been really, really helpful. The only thing I, I think I missed is just kind of zooming out and looking at like the three-year picture of where do you want this business to be in three years or even 10 years? And what does that greater vision look like and how could you get closer to there? And so it is honestly super hard to get a, a good picture on that given how fast like uh, business is growing right now, but it is nice to kind of zoom out and see, okay, what is the, the bigger impact you want to have here as it relates to that? Any other kind of pieces you wanted to go on around the annual planning? I think in terms of how we did it as a team, we're like fully remote, like the three of us, like I'm two hours from you and even further from Gretchen. But like, you know, that, I think that's important thing that, that we, one of the good things that we did was sure to had some time to do it asynchronously like we you know go off on our own find the piece that we need and at the same time come together um so that it doesn't become a three-hour brainstorming session <laughs> we're like mm-hmm. okay now Ramy, you go i'm like oh man i need i like for introverts like me i need some time to like chew on things some of my best ideas come when i'm walking the dog or taking a shower so like that's <laughs> sometimes you need to to just munch on what we need to do in terms of like even reflecting on what, what happened in the year. So I think that's that's one thing that also went went well for us is, you know, just making sure that there are time for as- asynchronous and synchronous planning for the new year. Yeah, absolutely. And so the next piece of this is really the really breaking it down. So like your annual, if you're like an airplane, that's like your 30,000 feet level. You got to bring it down to 20,000 feet. So this is the quarterly planning. And Mm. I haven't found a better way of doing it other than just setting quarterly rocks. And so rocks are really just the, the big kind of initiatives you want to do. And so if you're thinking like, how's this different than like a key result? Honestly, it can be the same thing. Depends on how you do it. So if you're thinking about, okay, our annual OKR, sorry, one of the key results is like, let's get to a million unique users on our website. Well, okay, like divide that by 12 or in this case, four, and then you'll have that. And you got to plan out all the other kind of initiatives you got to do in order to get to that goal of 250,000 users per quarter. So that's one way you could do it. What I also found is almost just as helpful is try and jot down what are the issues that are going to come up? What is going to get in our way? And really put on your devil's advocate hat as you're going through this process, because what you're probably going to realize is, hey, like there's a ton of issues around this. How do you hedge your bet? How do you have, let's say you 
have one promising channel or something promising uh, that might show really high benefit, but how can you get some other things going too so that if that backfires, you are still going to hit your goal? It's just uh, when, not if you're going to hit it. And so that's what I, whenever I think of the quarterly, it's just easier if you focus on it and break it down that way. But uh, really, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, for that piece, I think, you know, the other good thing about breaking it down to quarterly goals is you're adding more moments to actually make sure like you're on track or off track, right? Like, imagine at the end of the year, you didn't measure and look back and like, oh, oh, dang, were we on track or off track? <laughs> it's yeah. already the end of the year. There's no way you're going to fix things by that point. So I think the, one of the big advantages of making sure that it, it is digestible and, and broken down, like what you said, break it down by months and then break it down by quarter is, is at the end of quarter, you know, we'll meet uh, together with the product-led team and say, you know, we'll do that thing again instead of the post-mortem of that quarter and say, what went well. Uh, what do we need to do for the next quarter? Is this objective or is this key result still uh, important to us? And what are some things that we can tweak? Yeah. And I think that last point you made is so important too. Like being liquid in a fast moving organization is important because you might be focusing on something at one point and then realize like, hey, wait a minute, like there's actually a higher priority here. And that's so normal. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't become uh, the new norm, but yeah, it does happen occasionally. And so uh, being liquid is super important. So you're not just spending time focusing on the wrong stuff. So mm. that's quarterly. But what I've found is actually the 80-20 the of all of this mm. is once you have like the, the annual plan, and you know what you're focusing on for that quarter. This is the like the runway. The day-to-day -day is where you can change your life, your business, and everything because that's where you actually execute. And so I have <laughs> thought a lot about this in terms of like how to improve your day-to-day -day routine, how you get the best work done. So like a precursor, like before I used to be like not focused at all. I would always have like Slack and every like messaging app open and like easily distracted. And then I remember a developer recommended the book like Deep Work to me. And mm. from Cal Newport, it's an amazing book. And it just really went through like a process of how you could really get good at prioritizing your time. So you can have thinking time, you can focus on the most important stuff early on. And so that's kind of how I've thought about it uh, and what's kind of involved and uh, created this process. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on it because like we recently um, yeah. I sent Ramley one of the weekly planners I use and okay. you've had first as witness on this process. Yeah, yeah. You sent me this book and it, one of the things that I really took away from this is like making sure you plan for a quick win as quick as possible. So there's this section you, you lay out your day, you, what are the outcomes? And you call it, it's interesting you call it outcomes because most people call it the to-do list. But this is really like, you know, when you say to-do, sometimes you're doing things that don't actually result in, in outcomes. Yeah. So like you list out your three outcomes, but you also at the very bottom of that are the quick wins. So I think that's, you I remember asking you about this and this this quick win is important to, for you to get momentum very early on. I think mm -hmm. that I don't know if it's human psychology or somewhere that you read where like once you 
get a few things checked off, you're more likely to get going. It's like starting a car in, in cold Canadian winter. <laughs> you got you got to start it up first, boot it up. Like once you're minus like in that space, you call it deep work, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Then you can get chugging along, and it's it's harder to to stop. Man, you're pulling out all the analogies. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I don't mean it on purpose, but, but like, yeah, that's maybe just how I think about it. Yeah, no, it's it's good. So I'll go through the uh, like the week process, and for all of the listeners out there. I want you to know, like, you can do this with just like a notebook with lines and ideally. So you don't need anything fancy for this planning process. But this is what I found to be one of the most effective ways at getting good work done. So mm-hmm. how it starts is really with understanding the brain dump part. So as you're going through your week, even this week, if you want to start it right now, is just have piece of paper or something that you can go to if you want to have it tech enabled that's fine too but like Ramy and I we both rave about when you cross something out it feels great <laughs> so that's why I like paper journals for the work journal component but you don't need it uh, so the first part write down everything you think you need to do the next week And as you're going through the week, have that piece of paper where you can go through it, continue to add to it. You will notice there's some things that pop up. And instead of just focusing on right then and there, which is so common and you just like overload yourself for one day, just put the stuff that's like important but not urgent on that list. And so when you start your planning, usually I do this on like a Saturday or a Sunday. It doesn't have to be on the weekend if you don't want to. I just find like in the, the week, I'm in like the day-to-day mindset. I'm just like working and I I don't get like above the day-to-day too often from that end. So maybe if your situation is different, approach it on the, the weekdays, but I like the weekend for this since I think a bit more clearly. But then you're going to go through that brain dump list and also review like your quarterly OKRs uh, in annual kind of like focus And then just try and understand like, what are the top three outcomes for that week? Mm. If you could only do three things, that's it. What are those things? And write them down. And then the next piece, this is the fun one, is really like, what is the highlight for every Mm. single day of the week? And when you start focusing on that and coming up with something, it's truly amazing because you can be excited about every single day before you wake up. You have that one thing uh, that you're looking forward to. And then what I do once I have that, uh, that's the fun part, (laughs) you kind of go back to the work part of identifying, okay, like every single outcome, what do I have to do? What is like the, obviously we know the top priorities, but what are the other things on here um, that still really do need to get done? And then you just put that all down on a simple list. And then you can get going to the the day-to-day planning, which is really just identify the top three outcomes for that specific day. Now that first one, Honestly, it's the most important. And if you're in a situation, let's say, where maybe you're working for someone else and or maybe even you have your own business, but you have other client work and different things, you need to create the space to work on what is the highest priority item for you. If you're writing a Mm. book like this is writing that book, it is or anything else, because what often happens is 
Well, it's so easy. Like something else pops up, you get focused on something else, but the most important thing doesn't get done. And so have that first, block it off on your calendar. And I don't know you, Ramley, but like I try and actually like block it. Like for me, it's nine to 12. I try not to take any calls from there. If there is some nice folks in Europe, I might, but it's <laughs> like a, you know, and not everyday basis kind of thing. So yeah, that's how I try and create space for like those first one or two objectives. How about you, Roman? Yeah, it, it goes back to momentum. Like I think if you start off, I don't know, if sometimes if I start off the, the day with a meeting, it's like so hard for me to get into a space to really get into deep work. So I'm in the same boat as you where I really do focus on getting one or two things really done and booking off and working in the morning, which is when I'm most productive. Yeah. And I think that like was covered in deep work or maybe another book too, but it's important just to understand like what time do you work best at? I know Ramley, sometimes I catch him working a lot later <laughs> than me and I'm like, oh dude, like I'm, I'm asleep. I like 10. <laughs> like, there is. And I remember there's this one other item too. Like we had the end of the course and like, it was really like the deadline was we are closing applications at 12. And usually in the past, I would, you know, do it in the morning of the next day. So I wouldn't have to stay up that late, but this guy, he's committed. <laughs> he really really stayed up that late. So yeah, there's different times where you definitely focus. So uh, when you hear us say like a morning's work fast, that's not always the case for you Mm. uh, since we're all different. Yeah. But yeah. So the first two objectives are outcomes. Those are the most important ones. If you don't get to the third one, you shouldn't feel bad about it because you've really prioritized and focused on the most important stuff. But then below, I just have quick wins. Honestly, whenever you're going to today, maybe someone messages you something, something pops up and you're like, this is important. I need to do it, but it's not necessarily urgent. So I just have a tallying list. I go through it. I do add my meetings to this list, even if they're on Google Calendar, because I can cross them out (laughs) and it feels great. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting that progress again. And I usually try and have the first two quick wins are really easy. And sometimes there are things that I've I'm already doing, I already have a habit built up for them. So the first one for me is like, I work out every morning. So I'm done that before I get to my office and I start work. So I can immediately see progress. I am executing on my goals and making progress. It feels good. Kind of like what Ramley was mentioning. When you do feel that progress, you are more motivated to do more work. And so some of the other things are just easy, like journaling or something. It should take less than five minutes just so you can go through that next part, get some more quick wins. And then the other pieces on the day-to-day is really just your highlights, uh, Mm -hmm. which you should have covered last week. But as you're going through the day, just adding more, I find is super helpful as it's just like creating that gratitude mindset of like being really thankful for how much you do have in your life. Even with COVID and everything going on, there's still many, many things uh, we should be grateful for, uh, especially given that we're in tech uh, of all places. And then the last part is just questions. So as you go through your day, you'll probably bump into some things where you don't quite know the answer to. So just think about it, write it down and let your subconscious do some of the work for you, but just make a note of it and go from there. So that's the whole day-to-day planning process. It's really straightforward and it's something I found to be really effective for myself. But yeah, any other kind of tidbits or things you'd add to it, Roman? I think that this is really good. You went from, you called 30,000 feet up 
and then you're like going up to the very ground level. So e-commerce, yeah, it really does cover everything. I think, you know, we'd also love to hear what other people's goal setting process are. You know, we're on, if you're not part of the product led uh, community Slack group, <laughs> join it. <laughs> Just a little plug there, but we're there. I mean, Wes and I are there. Like you can send us a DM, like really it's like, that's a really cool opportunity is to connect with people who are uh, really like pushing themselves. Like they're the product like growth. Growth is not just for your business, but it's also a, a personal uh, thing, right? As well. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome.